Hello, and welcome to the One Sealed Letter podcast, where we explore the legacy of letter writing and bring this beautiful art form into the 21st century. I'm your host, Kate Collier, the voice and warm body behind this podcast, and Catherine Hastings and company, our sponsor. Lately, I've been reflecting a lot on friendship. For those of you who follow my work closely on Instagram, you may have seen the post where I was talking about going through a friendship breakup and kind of what the experience has been like and how confusing it is. Um, I have a friend who's ghosting me and clearly going through their own thing. And so I'm trying to give space for that. But then also having my own experience of questioning what makes a good friendship? How do I really know if a friendship is right for me? Looking back on my life and my friendships, I have such good friendships and I've never gone through a quote unquote breakup. And I thought about the life cycles of friendships. I know on the podcast I've mentioned before that my friend Kate always says friends are in your life for a reason, a season or life. And I have seen the seasons of friendship, and usually for me that's tied to a particular chapter, usually a a geographic chapter. So for instance, going to boarding school, I have a group of friends, still very close friends today, actually going to be seeing one of them tonight. I have my childhood friends, we're still all really close, we're all so different, but we've been through so much together that we're just kind of always going to be in contact, I think. Um, And then, you know, college friends, friends from when I lived in Boulder, friends from when I've lived in Germany, friends from even South America, where I'd spent some time. And in each of those cases, I still feel this deep friendship with those people. But I have moved or they have moved and we've gone into different chapters. And so I don't consider that a friendship breakup at all, in part because they still are friends. It's just that we're in different stages of life and, you know, the doors open if we end up being near each other again or we want to go on a trip together. I still feel like that's a possibility. So it's a little bit different, I'd say, than a, than a breakup. That's more just a season and going in different directions. Um, And then I think there's also the idea of fizzling friendships. So in a lot of research that I've done around friendship breakups, when a friend no longer seems like they should be in your life, a lot of people don't address that head on. They just kind of let the um, friendship fizzle. They'll not put in as much effort. And then naturally, the friendship kind of disappears as well. And so that's something that's kind of stuck out to me in looking at what really makes a good friendship. To me, there's an element of initiative. And with that, it can be initiative that's at different levels of engagement. And that depends on where each person is in their life. And so again, I mentioned these different chapters. For instance, when I lived in Ithaca, New York, I had a really good group of girlfriends and we're all still friends, but we moved all over the country. I'm the only one in the Pacific Northwest. There are a couple in California, one in North Carolina, one near Washington, D.C., one that's near Detroit. So kind of all over the country and we're just in different chapters. Um, And so I think that's very normal. But I think that that initiative that we show is at a different level than I would say somebody who 
lives in my same city. So we might, for the friends that are at a distance, it might just be a couple comments throughout the year on our social media. We send Christmas cards, those types of things. But we're not needing to show that huge initiative because we're just at different chapters. And then I was thinking about, okay, when, for instance, with this this friendship where I'm, you know, not supposed to be in contact, there's this level of ghosting, I have zero information, so I really just don't know what to make of anything. I think the thing that is the hardest for me is that there isn't really any indication of a commitment to the friendship. And that's what I've realized is most important to me is that it doesn't matter how much initiative you take. (laughs) It just matters that you are showing the commitment to the friendship. And so I even have like, for instance, um, friends from high school, we might not see each other for a while or we see each other just at weddings, but I still feel that really strong commitment to the friendship. And I hope that I show that as well, even if it means that we're not seeing each other at all times. We will have more podcasts about friendships and some of these challenges, but in the um, comments of what I had mentioned on Instagram, people were sharing their own stories about friendship breakups that they've gone through. And it became clear there's kind of a pattern where a lot of times friends are just going through their own thing. And for whatever reason, they're not able to be there in, in the way that you would necessarily you know, want them as a friend. And so um, maybe you're going through like a sickness that brings up something that they've gone through and they're just not ready to look at it whatever it might be. And so in the spirit of being a better friend, I'm thinking about that as well as, okay, how, where do I maybe not show up enough just to show my commitment to friendships, Um, particularly just with life being so busy. I know there's friends that I really care about, but I don't have the time to stay in contact. But there are ways, at least for me to acknowledge that, that I think would would really show the meaning um, and the love that I have in friendship. One of my favorite modern philosophers and poets is David White. He has a book I love. I actually keep it on my bedside called Consolations. If you don't have this book, highly recommend it. It's one that I give as a gift often to people who like deeper conversations, you know, ontological arguments, really kind of understanding the heart of life. It's a beautiful book with a series of essays or meditations on core concepts in life, um, but also just some other thoughts on things that that he's thinking about. The one on friendship, though, has a lot of good points, and they're things that I think about. One of the the things he mentions, and I'll, I'll quote him here, is, all friendships of any length are based on a continued mutual forgiveness. Without tolerance and mercy, all friendships die. Looking back on my closest friendships, that is definitely true. Forgiveness has gone both ways. And sometimes it's not even forgiveness for an indiscretion, but just being able to forgive people when they don't meet our expectations and give them the grace to, to be human and, and you know be who they are in the relationship. Another quotation from David White, through the eyes of a real friendship, an individual is larger than their everyday interactions. And through the eyes of another, we receive a greater sense of our own personhood, one we can aspire to, the one in whom they have, mo- they have most faith. Friendship is a moving frontier of understanding, not only of the self and the other, but also of a possible and yet unlived future. 
So it's not just, you know, how someone's acting and, and what level we, you know, forgive them in a way or, or tolerate differences, but really as a friend to help someone grow and to hold the space and to hold the dream for that future that's bigger than them. And I really feel that, um, particularly with my artist friends, that there is this sense that we all just see a big, bright future for each person and that we hold that space for the dreams that are coming and that it's it's almost as though it's written and we're just waiting for it to come through. Um, and I'll have more, um, again, podcasts about friendship, and but also talk more about things that David White says about friendship. I do recommend this book, though, if you haven't read it yet, because it just has a lot of little things to, to meditate on. And if I'm ever feeling a bit lost, I'll refer to it. In researching this episode, I tried to find letters about friendship breakups. And I only found one, which is the one that we'll cover today, from John Steinbeck to George Albee. But I thought it was surprising that this wasn't a topic that was really out there, given how deep friendships were through letters. I imagined that there would be more letters with friendships ending. I think about the Dear John history that we've covered in the last podcast and how if a letter is painful, people will often just rip it up or not save it. So I think there could be an element of that that we just don't save on to letters where somebody's being quote unquote dumped by a friend. But I also just feel that there hasn't really been a lot of talk about friendship breakups. That surprisingly was one of the narratives that I found the most in this research there are a ton of articles about why don't we talk about friendship breakups? It's so common. Why isn't it talked about? So I think that in the coming years, we will hear more about it and, and understand the nuance of the fizzling friend, the different life chapter or something that is truly a breakup where somebody decides we are no longer friends. When I thought back on all my friendships, I could only think of a couple examples where I broke up with a friend and one of them was I went on a road trip when I was moving to Colorado. A friend came with me on the road trip, and I don't remember the full story on it, but I got really annoyed on the drive. She wasn't paying for anything. She wouldn't chip in on the gas. I was covering the expenses for everything. And more importantly, I just didn't enjoy her company in the end, I realized. And so that one, I kind of realized, okay, yeah, no more friendship. I did let that one fizzle, though. And then um, one more in high school where a friend and I just drifted apart, and I thought that she was talking too much about other people in a way that made me uncomfortable. So it wasn't a formal thing where I said we're no longer friends, but I kind of realized that we had drifted apart already. So I didn't really feel like I had a good compass for navigating friendship breakups from my own experience. And I don't know really if I've ever been broken up with by a friend. Um, I haven't felt any ghosting until this this friendship. And everything has seemed really mutual in all of my friendships, just that we go different directions or there's different life experiences, those types of things. All that being said, I loved finding this letter from Steinbeck, Steinbeck because it was so clearly a breakup. The background... Um, behind the letter, I guess we should know a little bit about Steinbeck and, and kind of where he was at this point in his life. He was um, a writer. His career was on the rise. 
he had written one book already, and then I think his second book was about to come out, um, Of Mice and Men was his second book. And so it had been, on one hand, a period of triumph for Steinbeck, but on the other hand, there was a bunch in his personal life, um, particularly scandal from his personal life that was seeping into his public life and persona, which was really challenging. He had been accused of getting a childhood friend pregnant, and so there was a lot of gossip around that. And that's where we, we start um, with this letter in 1938, not with the, the friend that um, he supposedly got pregnant, but another fellow writer, George Albee. George Albee was jealous of John Steinbeck's growth and success, and he fanned the flames of the rumor instead of trying to support his friend. I don't have the letter from George Albee to John Steinbeck, but I imagine there was some type of letter where George Albee was either inquiring about the situation that John Steinbeck was going through or asking more directly about the friendship and if there was something wrong there. And I mention that because he starts out in the letter saying, your your suspicion is well-founded. This has been a difficult and unpleasant time. So again, we don't know exactly what George Albee had written, but it was probably one of those things. Okay. So we'll get into the letter. This is to George Albee. It was written in 1938 in Los Gatos, California. Dear George, the reason for your suspicion is well-founded. This has been a difficult and unpleasant time. There has been nothing good about it. In this time, my friends have rallied around, all except you. Every time there has been a possibility of putting a bad construction on anything I have done, you have put such a construction. Some kind of friend has told me about it every time you have stabbed me in the back, and that whether I wanted to know it or not, I didn't want to know it really. If such things had been reported as coming from more than one person, it would be easy to discount the whole thing, but there's been only one source. Now I know that such things grow out of an unhappiness in you, and for a long time I was able to reason so and to keep my terms of some kind of amicability. But gradually I found I didn't trust you at all, and when I knew that then I couldn't be around you anymore. It became obvious that anything I said or did in your presence or wrote to you would be warped viciously and repeated, and then the repetition was repeated to me and the thing was just too damned painful. I tried to sidestep, just to fade out of your picture, but that doesn't work either. I'd like to be friends with you, George, but I can't if I have to wear a male shirt the whole time. I wish to God your unhappiness could find some other outlet but I can't consider you a friend when out of every contact there comes some intentionally wounding thing. This has been the most difficult time in my life. I've needed help and trust and the benefit of the doubt because I've tried to beat the system which destroys every writer and from you have come only wounds and kicks in the face. And that is the reason I think you always knew it was the reason, John. And if now you want to quarrel, it will at least be an honest quarrel and not a bourgeois pinpricking. Whew. He really calls it out, puts the conflict there. 
I love that he mentions he had wanted to let it fade, just fade out of the picture, try to sidestep it. It wasn't working. And so he does call it out. I feel like with friendship conflict, it can vary so much depending on each person and what the situation is. But at least from my personal experience of how painful the ghosting has been, that having something that's at least a little more straightforward about what what is happening, what the conflict is, what the boundaries are, even just a timeline of when somebody, you know, might be in contact would help. And in this letter, I don't get the sense that John really cares to rekindle the friendship with George. He said, I'd like to be friends with you, George, but I can't if I have to wear a male shirt the whole time. It's really become a battle and it's become such a, you know, painful and as he puts intentionally wounding thing. So I just really, you know, appreciate how straightforward he is in calling out what the problem is. Also, understanding that it's not necessarily what John has done, um, that it's really coming from George Albee's own unhappiness or own dissatisfaction with his own success. I think that's a really important thing, at least for me to remember in friendship challenges is that Yes, it's a two-sided thing, but if somebody has something they're going through, as a friend, I want to give somebody that space. The conflict might actually just be that somebody else has some unhappiness or something unresolved in them. What are your thoughts on this letter? Did you find it to be well thought out and very clear? Do you think it helped either George Albee come to terms with it or John Steinbeck comes to terms with it? Any thoughts on it? Um, The way he writes is so clear. Um, I I really love his writing in general. One of my favorite books of his is East of Eden. And um, I realize it's actually one of my favorite books of all time. Anything that has a familial saga is pretty much (laughs) something that I'd be interested in reading. I will, again, have more podcast episodes about friendship and writing letters in friendship. There is so much to say about how a good life depends on good friendships and there's research that shows good friendships are even more important to us than diet and exercise. Obviously diet and exercise affect our longevity but the data shows that it's the social connections that affect it even more than that. There was somewhere that I had heard that the having bad friendships is equivalent to about 15 cigarettes a day that someone might smoke. The effect on the mental health of somebody with good friendships also is a key factor in their overall well-being. Um, And good friendships, you know, especially for the time that we live in, still kind of coming out of the pandemic with there being so much loneliness. I feel like we live in a period where friendship is perhaps more important than it's ever been. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, You can message me directly on Instagram or you can email me katherinehastingsco at gmail.com. Did you enjoy this letter? Have you ever had a friendship breakup? Have you ever written a letter as a friendship breakup to a friend? Um, And then for you, what are the ways that you show commitment of seeing a friendship thrive? Does it look the same for all of your friendships? Um, Have you worked through a similar challenge like I'm having where I'm just 
unaware of what's going on and I feel ghosted, um, I'm just kind of riding it out and seeing what's going to happen. But it is a real loss and I can't tell if it's a loss showing that that friendship just wasn't meant for me or that maybe there's something bigger going on that will come into clarity at some point and it's maybe not a loss. It's very hard to tell. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear your perspectives. And then if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter already, in the show notes, there's a link to subscribe. It comes out every Sunday. And then I also mention things from the podcast in there. And there's usually a bigger theme each week with topics that we'll discuss, including a seal of the week. So with that, I hope that you found this enjoyable and do let me know your thoughts. Thanks. <music>